Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Got an expert in fantasy football joining us in roughly five minutes. It's rare that you can have, like, you get the expert title. Michael Fabiano has been doing this since the invention of the thing, I believe. I remember, like, hosting weekend shows for local radio and asking him to come on when he was with NFL.com at the time. That's awesome. This is, you know, 16 years ago. And he was putting out magazines he's, then. He's your Eklund. He's my Eklund, except I saw <laughs> except, his face. Yeah, he didn't have a dot on his face. Yeah, and That'd I knew his real he, name. What if he joined us in, like, the scream mask today when he came on with us? Guys, I'm no longer showing my face, so you're going to have to deal with this. Outkick 360 continues third hour. Chad. Uh, For those that don't know who Eklund is, he is a hockey insider. I don't know if he's still at it. Last time we checked, he was. This he was. Chad's years ago. boss's boy. He was doing something. Eklund. But um, a show that I worked on was big on having him on, and in an attempt to save the, the local NHL team, the Preds, which, spoiler alert, the Predators are still in Nashville. The team was saved. But Eklund came to town to help and join the show for an hour. But a part of his shtick is that he does not – no one knows who he is. He is an anonymous reporter, blogger. So no, That's giving him too much credit. This is a guy who threw out random BS trades well, he, that never but happened. He, but he had a hit rate to it He early. did, yeah. Like the, there was a time – I don't know what he's done recently, but there was a time where he was pretty good. But he wore what I would say like, what, like Wilson in Home Improvement. Like he had some kind of scarf or something over his face. Or a dot his over his head. A dot, yeah. Was that it? A, a yes. dot. <laughs> it was odd. Hopefully, I don't think our next guest Your boy. is going to have any Your type boy. of mask on. Michael Fabiano joins us, a fantasy football expert, and uh, we're just around the corner here from our draft. Uh, we always hold ours, Michael. We're, we're surprised by how many people hold their drafts in the month of August. We have traditionally always held our draft the Tuesday after Labor Day after uh, rosters are finalized, injuries to the preseason are set, and we know what week one looks like. But there are millions of people that will draft next week and the week after. Why? Good question. I don't know <laughs> the answer to that. I wouldn't do it. I typically draft late August or right leading up to the first Thursday night game of the season. Now, for me, I don't sort of control exactly when all of my leagues are because I play in leagues with right. other analysts and that kind of thing. So like, you know, we just finished up the Scott Fishbowl, which I don't know if you guys are familiar with, but it's kind of like the the unofficial official start to the fantasy football season. So that's in the tank already. It's done. Uh, and I mean, we're not even in August yet. But for the most part, the the majority of the drafts are late August, first week of September. Because if you have it any sooner than that, you run the risk of, potentially losing a guy to injury is Deshaun Watson going to play there's a lot of questions right now Michael right before you joined us I mentioned like 16 years ago uh, I would have you on just to fill, help fill a segment on the weekend you were the big star and I was just trying to talk fantasy sports you're now I mean now you have your own Sirius XM channel 
Uh, Sports Illustrated is certainly uh, using your service as well. Uh, it's great to have you on. I should have said that from the jump. Michael Fabiano with us. You can Appreciate follow it. him on Twitter uh, by the same name, not the Eklund name, the same name. I know it's great <laughs> business. It's great business for you. It's great business for, for us. It's great business for anybody uh, who talks football. But are you still surprised to any degree the appetite for it in the, in the middle of the, the last six weeks before people reported for training camp? When there are absolutely no developments, <laughs> that there is an appetite for conversation about who the sixth versus the seventh best running back is. Yeah, people love it. And you're right. Like on my show, you're literally trying to come up with segment ideas because there's no news. I mean, last year, I would hold fantasy style drafts for the best 80s hair bands or the best movie sequels, like fantasy style, but didn't really have anything to do with fantasy football, but still a lot of fun. But people love it, and they're they're fired up. The industry's never been bigger, and I believe that DFS has been a big part of that. And now, with more and more places making gambling legal, well, it, it's all sort of all in that that sort of one uh, under that one big encompassing umbrella: fantasy sports, betting, wagering, that kind of thing. And there's a there's a bigger appetite for it than than ever before. You're seeing casinos getting involved. More and more sports books are popping out. Of course, DraftKings, FanDuel, and that doesn't even uh, mention the old traditional fantasy football leagues that we all uh, know and love. And I don't know that it's ever going to change. Can you guys remember watching NFL games before fantasy football? I can, uh, and I was really only paying attention to. The Cowboys, you know, the Giants, the Eagles back in the day, uh, the, the, the Redskins, um, as they were once known. And now folks are all in on almost all the games, no matter if it's a Jaguars versus Titans game on a Thursday night or it's the biggest game of the week. Everyone's invested because of fantasy and because of the uh, the increase in the legalization of betting. Michael Fabiano, our guest. Uh, let, let's talk running back, the position that is valued uh, much more in fantasy football than it is across the NFL. Um, and uh, the hierarchy at the top. There's a great debate about who the top running back is currently on the on the uh, training camps that have opened up across the, the the country. From the fantasy football perspective, who would you take number one overall this year, and why? And Jonathan Taylor, young back, rushed for over 1,800 yards last year, 20 touchdowns. I think that will decline. Typically, running backs who score 18 or more touchdowns in a single season do see regression, you know, unless you're LaDainian Tomlinson or Marshall Falk or Priest Holmes. And uh, sometimes even those guys saw a regression. But still behind the, the Colts offensive line, which should be pretty good, Matt Ryan now under center for the Colts, they're going to be a team that's going to continue to lean on that big young running back. So. He's the consensus number one. Where the real question marks begin is at number two. Because the data that I'm seeing now, Christian McCaffrey's missed, what, all but 10 games the last two years? And it's all been forgiven. He is right now going off the board as the number two player in fantasy football, despite the fact that he's barely played in the last two years. And you can argue, well, Austin Eckler belongs at number two. Derrick Henry could be at number two. 
Najee Harris saw a ton of work last season. He could be at number two, but it's McCaffrey who is now rebounded, I guess, from the, the doldrums of injury proneness. And maybe he's still prone to injuries. We're, we're going to find out, but he's now the number two guy. So Taylor's really the consensus at one. The question mark started number two, and that's going to make for an interesting fantasy season because if the questions begin at the number two overall pick, uh, some things could potentially go down in a way that we did not expect. That'll make it more fun, at least less predictable. Uh, let's take Deshaun Watson's uh, issues off the board completely. If he were a healthy day one starter for the Cleveland Browns, where does he slot among quarterbacks this season for fantasy purposes? He's right in that same area as, say, like Tom Brady and, and Jalen Hurts, and, and probably ahead of both of them, right outside of the top five. Now, he hasn't played football in a while, right? But this is a player who threw for more yards than any quarterback in the league the last time he played. He's a mobile guy. He can rush for 350 to 450 yards. That's big. We know Kevin Stefanski likes to run the ball, but Stefanski's going to have to change that offense a little bit because they've played so much 12 personnel and running the ball a ton. And now I think you'll see more 11, assuming Watson plays. He is locked and loaded if he does, in fact, play a full season as a top 10 fantasy quarterback. But right now, we simply don't know enough about the situation to really put down uh, an accurate prognostication on where he might go and what his numbers might be. Michael, we, we know the value for running back and certainly the, the top-level quarterback that's going to get you potentially 400 points in a season over the course of these games now at the added game. Wide receiver has always been uh, – it's put me in a bad spot in, in many drafts because I want to take a wide out so much. But now I feel like this is the year to do it because of the volume of production in Cooper Cup. 150 catches, nearly the first 2,000-yard receiving season in NFL history – he sees the end zone. He's going to get the football. Where do you put Cooper Cup based on the 150 catches he's getting? They want to get him the football more versus the position that he plays. How do you weigh that? First off, he had the best fantasy season of all time among wide receivers ever. Like Jerry Rice had previously held that mantle and Cup beat him, but he played in one more game. So Rice actually still has the record for the most fantasy points averaged uh, per game in a single season. But I look at Cup, and I've got him coming off the board somewhere between five and seven overall. But you also have to factor in, he's got no shot to do that again. In fact, if he sees a six to seven point per game decline in his numbers, he's still a top five fantasy wide receiver. But his numbers would not be nearly as good. They won't be. They can't be. That kind of thing just does not happen in back-to-back -back years. And they brought in Allen Robinson, who's going to command targets. Uh, he'll be utilized in this offense as well. There, I have been in drafts, guys, where Cup hasn't even been a top eight pick. People are drafting Justin Jefferson as the number one wide receiver or Jamar Chase ahead of Cooper Cup. And I don't argue with that because you can't look at what happened last year as gospel for what's going to happen this upcoming season because it's simply not. Cooper Cup is great, and he's going to have a really good season. He'll probably have another great season. But will he have another historic season like he did last year? Uh, the chances are, are, are not very good. In fact, after Rice, 
I had his big year. He had 414 points, I believe it was in 95. The following year, I mean, he saw a decline of around 100-plus points. And he was still the number one wide receiver in fantasy football that following year, but the decline came. And that was Jerry Rice. And I get it. Cooper Cup was really good. He ain't no Jerry Rice. I mean, that's for sure. So you have to keep that in mind. I've always been a running backs guy. So it would be hard for me to draft a wide receiver. Uh, maybe if I'm in a, a 10-team league and I've already gone through maybe the top five or six running backs, I'm sitting there at, at eight or nine, and I'll grab maybe Jamar Chase because I'll be able to get a, a comparable running back as I would have gotten there in the second round. But for the most part, I'm still going after the running backs early and often. But you are right. Wide receivers are certainly starting to stake their claim as being almost as valuable as running backs. But there are just so few good featured backs in the league that it's a supply and demand situation. There's a lot of good wide receivers in the league and not a ton of guys in the backfield that you know are going to get 20 plus touches per game. And I think that's why running backs are still uh, you know, the top dog in terms of fantasy positions but wide receivers have, have definitely made their move you mentioned justin jefferson in that i'm wondering what you envision the change of minnesota's coach and systems does for their personnel for for jefferson for thielen and for for dalvin cook i think it's all good especially for the wide. they're going to throw the ball a ton so kevin o'connell the new head coach where does he come from he comes from like the the Sean McVay tree, right? And ironically enough, Sean McVay was the offensive coordinator in Washington when Kirk Cousins was a QB5 one year and a QB8 the following year. And, oh, by the way, Kirk Cousins is the quarterback in Minnesota now, so he knows the offense. They're going to throw the ball a ton. It's going to be a fun offense to watch. Irv Smith Jr. is a, a potential sleeper because of this offense. You can even say that J.K. Osborne is a more draftable asset late because of this offense. I, I would not be shocked if Justin Jefferson was the best wide receiver in fantasy football in 2022. Not at all. And, and he's a motivated guy. He's a super talented guy. And O'Connell was where last year? Rams, <laughs> where Cooper Cup had the best season of all time among fantasy wide receivers. So this is big for those guys. Dalvin Cook, I think, is still going to be the feature back as long as he can avoid injuries. Where I think he could potentially improve a little bit is in the pass catching uh, category. And he's a really good pass catcher. There's been talk that they could line Dalvin Cook out as a wide receiver, having him run some routes. And you always like to hear that when you're in PPR leagues. This offense should be a lot of fun to watch, and it should be a very fantasy-friendly offense uh, in year one under O'Connell. I know that cardinal sins in fantasy football have evolved and changed just like the game has over the years. But – if there's one that you can pinpoint and put at the top of your list, whether it's not drafting a quarterback in the first three rounds or whatever it may be, what is the top cardinal sin for everyone to know for fantasy football? This depends on the level of fantasy manager that you are. If you are a casual fan, I think sti sticking with the rankings and not drafting with your heart is probably part of it, okay? So I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, for better or worse. And is it nice to get Zeke or CeeDee Lamb or Dalton Schultz? Yeah, absolutely. But would I draft them ahead of players who simply have more value than them because they play for the Cowboys? No, absolutely not. I would not do that. That's not a smart way to draft. A lot of people like to have players from their own teams. I do too. I mean, if I get Zeke, I'm like, great, that's awesome. But I'm not going to, to draft him too high 
uh, because I'm a fan of the team in fantasy. That's just not the way that it goes. You mentioned going after quarterbacks too soon. Of course, you have to know your scoring system. If you're in a traditional one quarterback league, it makes no sense to go after that position early. Okay, Josh Allen's great. I get it. Justin Herbert's awesome. Patrick Mahomes is great too. But I can give you an example. Each of the last five years where I've waited to draft a quarterback and still gotten a top 10 guy, right? I mean, it happens all the time. It's happened, happened with you know Carson Wentz and, and Dak Prescott. Patrick Mahomes, right? His first year out of the gate. Lamar Jackson, same kind of thing. It happens all the time. Like, I think Trey Lance could be that guy this year. Now we know in San Francisco, he's the dude. They're going to try and trade Garoppolo. And if they don't, he'll be number two. Trey Lance could be that guy this year. And he he's a double-digit round guy in a 10-team league. And at his highest value, he's probably a ninth-round pick, eighth or ninth-round pick. So waiting on the quarterback position is also uh, a, a pretty good way to build your running back and wide receiver depth, get yourself a good tight end, and still have a pretty solid quarterback. It's all about supply and demand. So those are a couple of the the cardinal sins uh, that I would that I would bring up. Also, my good friend Bob Harris always says this, and it's a very smart thing. Don't draft last year's best team. Yeah, James Conner was great last year. He had 18 touchdowns. He's not scoring 18 touchdowns again. It's not going to happen, right? Make sure that you factor in some level of regression for guys who are coming off magical seasons. I love Austin Eckler. Guy's amazing. 20 touchdowns last year. I think Austin would tell you, I'm probably not doing that again, right? You have to make sure that you don't look at last year's stats and think, boy, Cooper Cup was the best player in fantasy last year. I'm drafting him number one overall. Not going to happen again, right? Not to that level. So make sure that you don't draft last year's best team. Make sure that you are projecting some sort of regression for players who are coming off massive, massive seasons that probably won't ever happen again. Michael, leave us with this, and it can be a, a one-word or one-name answer if it needs to be based on your time here. Um, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm wanting people, I'm wanting listeners and viewers to think of us in round six, seven, eight, somewhere in the middle of their fantasy draft. Give us your biggest riser from last year to this year based on where you have been selecting the best value in the middle portions of your draft. Well, when we're talking about players whose values on the rise, things have changed a little bit. All right. So I'll give you an example. Travis Etienne, his value was really rising. He had gone from probably a fifth or sixth round pick to uh, maybe a third round pick now. And now we hear that James Robinson's going to be ready for week one. And we're like, ooh, wait a minute now. <laughs> we, 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 we might not want to go that high on Travis Etienne. So things are always changing. Etienne's the first guy really that came, came to my mind because I've been all over him. I've had him on my show. He's actually going to play fantasy football this season, uh, which is always great when when players do that. So not that ETN's value is going to drop, but I think it's going to level off. But a player who is going to start rising now is Kenneth Walker. Now, you might think, wait a minute, Rashad Penny was really good in the last five or six games of last year. Rashad Penny is almost always hurt, always hurt. Kenneth Walker is a guy that the Seahawks drafted in the second round. Chris Carson decided to retire. So if Penny goes down, Walker's the guy. And in most seasons, Rashad Penny has gone down with some sort of injury. 
So Kenneth Walker is a guy that I'm starting to target a little bit higher uh, in some of these drafts. And another guy, uh, Drake London. Drake London, who is going to fall into 100 targets, uh, the second running back that I'm talking, our, our rookie that I'm talking about here. Drake London is going to be the number one guy in Atlanta at wide receiver. Of course, they've got Kyle Pitts as well. But he is a player that you can get round seven, round eight, round nine, who might end up being a low-end wide receiver too in a best-case scenario. But once again, keep in mind what's going on in camps. Russell Gage would have been on the list of guys I just mentioned, but now Chris Godwin looks like he could be ready for week one, and they signed Julio Jones and Kyle Rudolph. So not that those guys are, are uh, you know, Rudolph and, and Jones are, are certainly past their prime, but you bring Godwin back for week one and you add more guys in the offense for potentially getting targets from Tom Brady, and all of a sudden Russell Gage is not nearly as attractive. So the guys that we talk about now may not be the guys that we're talking about, say, in a week or two. So make sure you're keeping tabs on what's going on uh, during training camp in the preseason. What's the channel number on SiriusXM for the fantasy? Uh, channel 87, uh, show is fantasy dirt. It's on Monday through Friday, uh, two to 4 PM Eastern time. Awesome. Uh, always great to catch up with you, man. We appreciate the time today and we will keep in, uh, keep in mind all the advice. Uh, we'll Thank be thinking you. of Michael Fabiano during our, our fantasy football drafts this year. <laughs> good to see you, man. And good luck to you, to you guys in your drafts. Take care. Yeah, Thanks. Man. Thank you. Um, yeah. So uh, we were all taking mental notes with that, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I, li- I like what he said about, you know, if you're a new player in fantasy football don't draft with your heart <laughs> don't draft with your favorite it's team tough. that was the number one cardinal said that he sees i don't remember what you did last year without philip rivers you know i don't and you don't remember either no. see philip rivers is your guy still to all i mean of us. i i think my time winning the league is over now that philip rivers career is over yeah. now that he's you a high two school football walked coach off into the sunset together i don't know why i'm blanking on who my quarterback was but yeah i don't remember maybe your guy got hurt early on I only draft with my heart very late in the draft. Yeah. I start taking Tennessee Vols <laughs> with like the last two picks on complete fly. I just get to a certain point. Like I follow all the rules to sixth, seventh round. Then I get guys yeah. that I want. Not, not guys I love, just guys that I, I, I know other people have their eyes on these guys who are going to break out this year or whatever. And I don't really care where they're ranked. I'm going to get as many of these nine guys as I can for the remainder of the draft. Coming up, uh, an SEC team that we feel like can surprise us this season and can surprise uh, the, the conference in general, maybe play spoiler in some scenarios. Odds on NFL coaching hot seats plus uh, Eli Drinkwitz. I don't know if Missouri is going to be on the list of surprise teams, but Eli Surprisingly Drinkwitz bad. Uh, is going to uh, always give a good soundbite uh, or – you know, he's been he's been very quiet after he last, was last season, week. but now he's he's decided he was to, last week. to ramp it up. Um, he's he's ramped it up and he's discussing Tennessee football. We'll let you hear it next on Outkick Three Sixty. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. 
and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. And getting ready for the SEC football season, we're all setting expectations for where we think teams should end up. There is a team in the conference that I think can end up much higher than where the media sees them right now. And uh, see if you guys agree. Outkick 360 rolls on. For me, it's Mississippi State. Uh, Because I think Will Rogers can be this year's version of Matt Corral. Year three, with Mike Leach's offense, he already owns the school record for the most 300-yard passing performances in the football history of that program. He enters the season as the all-time leader in completion percentage. Now, of course, that can go up and down based on how he does this year. But right now, he's number one in that category as well. They scored 48 touchdowns last year, and Rodgers accounted for 36 of those 48 in some way, shape, or fashion. So in, in thinking about how they started they, they, they started hot last year and then faded, that Egg Bowl massacre is going to you know, surely leaves a mark and a sting. But I do think this is a young roster that is now in that year three of elite system that should start to pay off with a surprise win along the way. Maybe I'm crazy with the schedule that they have in the SEC West, but I think Mississippi State is voted a bit lower expectation-wise than where I would put them. And they've been remarkably quiet in sort of a scary fashion this entire offseason. And what I mean by that is there's a quiet confidence around the program. I I like the Mississippi State pick. I'm going to go with South Carolina because I think we talked about it a little bit yesterday. Spencer Rattler is such an upgrade. People think downgrade because the way it ended at Oklahoma without realizing he was really good the season before that and still had his moments. And you also have to keep in mind that Shane Beamer got South Carolina to a winning record in the SEC. Well, not in the SEC, but after an SEC season in year one with no quarterback play. And now suddenly he's got a quarterback. That was a five-star guy. Um, I don't know that it's going to happen this year for them, but if I'm picking a team that we're not really predicting to do much this season in the SEC – I think South Carolina's got a couple of upsets in them well, he's this a, season. A, Rattler's clearly a huge upgrade over what they had. Yes. The question to me isn't, like, is he a huge upgrade over what they had because they were playing a GA or whoever it was they were playing. question is how much is he back to the guy from two years ago. That, to me, is one of the big questions in the conference this year. I, I'm going to go Florida, and I don't think Florida is going to necessarily have a great year. But in the first month, they've got Kentucky and Tennessee – they could screw the seasons of Kentucky and Tennessee with wins there, and they could screw the season of South Carolina maybe with a win there. So they've got opportunities 
to mess up things for for their opposition in the East. But by but by if they mess and if up, they, if they mess up two of those seasons, then they're, they're in. They're in they're, second place in the East. They're right? on their way to Atlanta. So, uh, by by I'm saying like at that part of the season, they're at the top, and yeah. the, it all comes down to their matchup against Georgia. So I, I think I, I'm I'm saying that because to me Napier is the wild card here, right? We know more about everybody else. We don't know how he translates into yeah, this level. For sure. And the thing that has gotten the most attention so far is that he didn't recruit great, but we think he's a better X and O guy than recruiter, and we know the recruiting's going to take time. Doesn't have to take time to to scheme. Um, Missouri is not a team we mentioned. Uh, they went six and seven last year, three and five in conference. Uh, Basilak has has transferred out. Um, they they did have wins over South Carolina and Florida a year ago. They opened the season against Louisiana Tech on a Thursday night. Um, and look, they're about where uh, prediction wise, they're about where Mississippi State is overall. They're just kind of voted towards the bottom third of their their division within the conference itself. Not a lot of juice there. Uh, Drinkwitz has done what he can to provide it through podium sessions and media uh, availabilities, and he's extremely open and honest. We haven't heard much from him this offseason until this week, Chad. That changed today. So Eli <laughs> Drinkwitz decided to go on the Jim Rome show, and uh, he had some things to say about Tennessee. This, I believe this is early in the interview, some things to say about Tennessee and their NCAA troubles. So here is Eli Drinkwitz on with Jim Rome. I thought you were going to introduce my record, but with the latest allegations against Tennessee, let's hold up on what my record is because I expected to vacate some wins, and that's going to help my record a little bit. Okay? Oh, man, this, so, is, this is getting be better. Easy. This is getting so much better. Can I ask you, I wasn't necessarily going to go there, but you would be the beneficiary of that. Can I, Since you brought it up, can I get your reaction to the latest allegations against Tennessee? Yeah, I mean, I, uh, me personally, I got to question my wife's commitment to winning. You know, I mean, I don't know how much she's committed if she's not engaging in some of these things. I didn't know that was fair play. So, uh, you know, we got to, you know, it was a little bit surprising to see the uh, in-depth nature of what was going on there. Uh, but I, I am sure glad that Tennessee was taking some ownership of it, and, and uh, we'll see what the results are. Um, you know, but uh, it's pretty interesting for sure. My man, if I were you, I'd walk off right now, and then you can go down as the best guest ever. Eli, one more thought about that. It's one thing to say that I didn't know that my wife could get involved and help me cheat. Well, that's not what you said, but I'll say that. Even better that she did, did she not used to have some sort of compliance responsibility where she had been previously as well? One thing to have the wife involved, but what if she was involved also in compliance and making sure that they follow the rules, allegedly? How much better is that? make it i mean it's uh shoot pressure you know pressure does crazy things to people and uh you know there's a lot of pressure to win in the sec so that's i don't know that's that's crazy he came in blazing there uh eli drinkwitz on so a couple couple things the line about i've questioned my wife's commitment to winning is fantastic that's really funny uh from him clearly came into the interview ready to take a shot at Tennessee, and there's a reason he's doing that, right? He's he's doing it because he's trying to get some attention and take down Tennessee a notch. Um, but I'll, I'll also say, Eli, if you're going to go in, go all in. Don't stop there. Old Jim Rome gave you an opening to go after Jimbo Fisher in Florida State, where 
Jeremy Pruitt met his wife when he said, didn't she work in a compliance or recruiting office somewhere else when they met? What do you think about that? And he he shuts it off then because he knows Jimbo's probably going to go scorched earth on him <laughs> if he does that. But I do love the line One about guy's employed. The, the story. I questioned my wife's commitment to winning. I didn't know that was, that was fair game uh, in all of this. Now, we also must say that he's 0-2 against Tennessee. He lost his one game against Jeremy Pruitt, and he's saying they're going to get that game back because Tennessee may vacate that game. We have a stance on vacations on this show when it comes to NCAA rulings. If they happen, they happen. The game happened. You got beat bad in Knoxville. The game happened one time against Josh Heupel. You came into that game, I believe, as a slight Vegas favorite. You were down 28-3 to after one quarter at home, and you lost 62-24 to to Josh Heupel in Tennessee this year. So I would maybe back up the truck well, just I, a bit. It was a night where Hendon Hooker... It was a morning. It was an 11 a.m. Uh, start. Yeah, yeah. They're, oh, they're coming off the Florida game, right? And that the way that game finished, and then what happened? I asked Hendon about this last week. Uh, that what happened in between, you know, those practices, where things turned. It clicked for Tennessee offensively that day, and so he completed 15 passes against Missouri, three touchdowns, 62 points offensively, and it's not like they had 40 carries in the game. I mean they are 50 carries in the game and they just ran out the clock. I mean, they Missouri couldn't stop them even though Tennessee was, you know, late in the game up by a truckload. Yeah, Tyon Evans. Still mounting points. Tyon Evans and um, Jabari Small both had huge games uh, for Tennessee running the ball. It was a touch football game. I mean, I, I remember thinking yeah, I it was Steve Wilkes that. was the defensive coordinator at Missouri, and I'm thinking no longer. They, they don't look like they know how to line up. I mean, it was unbelievable how easy – Tennessee gashed them running or throwing. When they decide to drop back and throw it, there's guys wide open it's down the field. It's always funny to me when a guy like Drinkwitz, who doesn't have much to brag about, feels like he's really got something, and he's got a national guy listening to it, and he delivers it, and the host loves it, and he's just – you can hear him beaming. I had my big moment. The line was good about the wife. Yeah. Ah, great. You, you scored one there. But what's it really get you in the long game? Here's a bigger – I loved it. I loved every bit of it. Here's a bigger thing for Missouri. Eli Drinkwitz in Missouri better be thanking God that the SEC included them a few years ago when they brought them on because they are left out in the cold in this conference realignment. If you look at that program overall right now, football, basketball, I don't think there's people knocking down their door to bring them in the Big Ten or the SEC in 2022 as opposed to 2012 when they made that addition of A&M and Missouri at the time. I mean, kudos to Missouri. They're in now. They're locked in. They're good to go. The money train's going to keep rolling right along for Mizzou because they're in the SEC. But, man, oh, man, that's a program. If we're looking for programs that should be very thankful, Missouri, Rutgers, Maryland, I'm looking at you. You did the right thing in the last decade, and because of that, you are saved with all of this uncertainty around college sports. What are they doing at quarterback? You know, that's the that's the big question that we're asking anyone that did nothing but dink and dunk and had a high completion percentage last year. The one thing that I, I will praise uh, Drinkwitz for is they were drummed by Tennessee and then manhandled by Georgia last year. And then after that, they still went on. This is middle of the season. They still won three conference games. Now, albeit one of them was Devandy. 
Um, but they, they won conference games against Florida and South Carolina after that. Two programs that we just listed as spoilers this year. And they nearly, they had a fourth quarter, they went into the fourth quarter against Arkansas late, had a bowl game against Army, which no one wants to play in a bowl game in the Armed Forces Bowl. Lost a the, close game. I remember it watching was by that. two, I think. Yeah. So the, there is like, there, there was a buy-in late in the year where traditionally I would have predicted Missouri to just tank. And they didn't. So we'll see if there is any type of leadership that carries over there. But I, I still don't know what to expect because they're changing quarterback. That could be for the better, though, quite frankly. And, it, and their season was really defined by that, that early, it may have been the first conference game of the year against Kentucky. That was a back-and-forth game That was Lexington. a great game, a night game. I remember that Back-and-forth well. game against Lexington, and the winner left feeling pretty good about where they could go in the SEC East, and the loser was really chasing. And the loser was Missouri, and they went on to get boat raced by two other teams in the SEC East at the time. So uh, he's, he's not afraid to grab the bull by the horns in the media. And, you know, you're right, Chad. He's not poking the bear of any current coach. Probably for that reason. Yeah, he, uh, Jim Rome did a good job of following up and opening it right up for him to continue to take shots about where uh, Jeremy Pruitt met his wife and where she was working and in what compliance office she was in, and he did not take the bait. He got very quiet after that. They have recruited the the transfer portal heavy and not just the Power Fives. They they have guys transferring in from like Truman State in Division Two to play at Missouri. So I'm trying to find this out. Uh, the quarterback situation in Missouri, Sam Horn, who's an incoming freshman, if you remember, when Tennessee missed out on um, Ty Simpson from Martin yes. to go to Alabama, the next guy on the list that they were heavily recruiting was Sam Horn. Sam Horn goes to Missouri. Then you're like, boy, Tennessee and Josh Heupel are striking out left and right with quarterbacks. They bring in Taven Jackson from Indianapolis. Sam Horn is a top 35 MLB draft prospect. He was on campus at Missouri – but I think the Red Sox drafted him, and there's some uncertainty about if he's going to stay and play quarterback in Missouri or not. If he's there, and I'm trying to find answers on this right now, if he is there on campus, they may have a true freshman starter. Because outside of that, it's Brady Cook and Tyler Macon, both very underwhelming veteran guys at Missouri. You talked about Deacon Dunk guys. Th yep. That's who they are. Sam Horn is a legit talent and that's how so you mentioned him that's why they landed luther burden who is the the top rated wide receiver in the history of missouri as an incoming freshman yeah five-star talent like they've had some you know they've had the doriel green beckhams this guy's different level based on the hype and projection and he's going there in my mind because of the quarterback you're describing not the quarterbacks that you ended with yeah, the, the last thing I could find on Sam Horn on July 19th, Eli Drinkwood said, Sam is currently on campus right now. Just because he hasn't been drafted yet doesn't mean that he's not taking phone calls. The Major League Draft is a lot different than any other sports draft. They actually call you before and ask, are you willing to take this slot? Sam and his reps, his parents, have had a plan the whole time. They know what their plan is, what their worth is. They're waiting to see if somebody in baseball meets that worth before making a decision on whether or not to stay or leave. The odds for the NFL coaching hot seat. We will tell you who's at the top of this list according to the uh, Odd Sharks. 
Plus, um, maybe a, a surprise name that's in the top 10. And we'll tell you whether or not we could see it or if it's absurd. That's next on Now Kick 360. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Been a fun show. Outkick 360 rolls on. More college football in NFL training camp discussion. Uh, not just uh, today, and if you miss part of it, you find it on the podcast, but every day throughout the next five weeks, we're going to have the very latest news as it happens across the NFL right here each afternoon. Um, odds right now, before we even get into the uh, preseason stretch, for the first coach to either leave his team or be fired. That's how it's listed. First NFL coach fired odds. Matt Rule is the favorite to receive that high That's honor. That's the right guy to be the favorite. At plus 300. Mike McCarthy right behind him now at plus 450. I'll read your top five to you. In order. Matt Rule, Mike McCarthy, Pete Carroll, Frank Reich. He's gone up into the top five now. And Ron Rivera at plus 800. Here's the surprise. So I mentioned earlier Vrabel's in this list. He's like the seventh best. Seventh. Seventh furthest away from being fired. Yes. No, yeah. It's not best. It's seventh more safest, worst. according to Vegas. Right? Uh, yes. Um, so he's, he's listed in the top ten among the odds to, to be the first fire, which is just absurd. But the other one that I was Hold like... Hold on. Vrabel's top ten to be fired? I yes. thought, I thought That's he what was I said the earlier. Yeah, he's the top... He's in the top ten. That's crazy. ...to be fired, which makes no sense. He's on the same shelf as guys like uh, Cliff Kingsbury. Again, not in the same... Not in the same discussion. But also not in the discussion, but not for the same reasons as Vrabel. Arthur Smith is listed eighth in the odds, according to the odds makers out in Nevada, up for first coach to leave or be fired. Now, That's they're trying to get you to spend your money and not, and not be wise with it. I get that. But like, let me give you the bottom group here. The safest coaches, according to Vegas. This is bet online. Andy Reid, Sean McVay, Josh McDaniels, Sean McDermott. Okay? After that, if you start looking, they have the third safest odds, Dennis Allen in New Orleans. I don't know how that's possible. I mean, uh, Arthur Smith is way safer than Dennis yeah, Allen. Yes. Now, this is just for the first coach being fired, but even if we're basing on that. But do they go all the way to 32 here, or do they stop at some point? At some 30, point, they have to stop. Like Belichick's not getting fired. You don't, you, you Belichick's don't put listed. Odds on he Belichick. is plus 5,000. Uh, Andy Reid's at plus 10,000. Like now, they, the, the key they here is stop. a leave versus you could first to leave. Like 
an abrupt retirement, you know, or death. But again, yeah. But again, like it's not in the realm of possibility. It's really the top three guys: uh, Rule, McCarthy. I think Rivera could be up in that list, and um, they've got Pete Carroll here. Who, in who's their fifth? List. Frank Wright. Could you trace? Could you trace the leak from the NFL office that Gruden is claiming to someone who put $500 on Gruden being the first fired a year ago in the NFL office, knowing they were sitting on emails that was going to get well, him see, fired? Okay, I could now, see Reich if the, if now, the Colts started 0-5. If the Colts started 0-5. Yeah, that's what I said earlier. Yeah. He's in the same grouping, at, and he's gone up a little bit. He's in the same grouping, though, the shelf, as I like to tier it, as – uh, of Rabel, and I'm like, they, they are not in the same conversation. No, I don't understand that. There's no way. Not in the same Mike Vrabel could, I mean, the Titans could completely tank this year. Mike Vrabel is untouchable. Um, Lovey Smith is right in the middle of the league. How is John Harbaugh top 10 also right there on the cusp? Yeah, John Harbaugh is untouchable. John Harbaugh is outside. He's in the top 15. Mike Tomlin. They have Kyle Shanahan uh, and Belichick right in the middle. But meanwhile, they have Dennis Allen at plus 6,600. So there's not a big <laughs> gap between the middle and him. But it is, I mean, they are putting him safer based on the odds. It's a silly here's, list. Here's one I would take a, a flyer on, and I'm trying to see the number next to it, Hutton. Todd Bowles. What is he at? Plus what? He's right there. Oh, he's plus 5,000. Plus 5,000. Yeah, I'd they, jump on that. If they started 0-5. I'd jump on that with a, the, a strong a personality and player as Tom Brady it's, with a um, defensive-minded head coach. If they start 0-3. Or 0-5. And they could easily, you know, say it's the new head coach. And not Bruce Arians. I'd, I'd put. A, I'd take a flyer on Todd what, Bowles. What got me on this discussion is they had a topic on this for the uh, TV show that, well, on Channel Five here locally in Nashville that I, I do on Sundays, and they asked me about it. And I said, "Look, uh, only the idiots of the world would put money on Vrabel. Don't. Uh, we're smarter than this. Let's discuss the possibilities." And I said, "Where you can make your money is with Mike McCarthy. I, I, I would, I would put the money and and have on him." ahead of Matt Rule, just simply based on expectation and, and ownership. Confidence. Yeah. Yes. You, and you mentioned Jerry Jones's age. I mean, he's... It, they, the yeah, the they, time for patience is wants something out done. the window. Here's an interesting note. Bucks, uh, Bengals, Giants are the first three games for the Cowboys in the regular season. Bucks, Bengals, Giants. Yeah. One and two. Uh, Adam Schefter says, DK Metcalf has joined Debo Samuel and Derwin James as players who are at training camp but not practicing. The so hold in. There are the three hold, hold ins. ins. Because you show up, and as long as the coach is okay with it. Well, even if he's not, if you're I'll, there, you're I'll, there. I'll be in the world. The rules, you, you the have to be there. But if you're healthy and they expect you to practice, can't they demand it? I guess not. I mean, what do they do? Physically drag you there? Yeah. We're back at it tomorrow. More news, notes, and headlines. Join us for Outkick 360. Do not block the box, but kindly lock your lock.